dievka fajna, kolle dievka fajna, vete zamiš mu seč. Kazala, kazala, što budeći kahala. Ja pišo to viska, ja pišo to viska, bo nas ja bit dala. Ja pišo to viska, ja pišo to viska, bo nas ja bit dala. Make a Casualties, that was Kalabai from Edmonton with Vesit Yabko, the Hanging Apple. Dobri vecher, shanovni radio suhachi, tavitayu vas vsih na radio predaču nash holos radio krinskoho korinja, kotra podiesivam jak svečajno na bahatumovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri i pomareži PCJ Radio Mijnorodnemu. Pre mikrofoni Pavlina Makwari, jako jušćorišale prebute zimnoju na stupnu hodenu. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paulette Demchik-Makwari, Pokrinska Pavlina, and I'm so glad you've joined me. We've got a great program tonight. We've got a book review of the memoirs of a resistance fighter in the Ukrainian underground in the World War II era, as well, Ukrainian Jewish heritage and another look at dark tourism. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest and great Ukrainian music on sort of a seasonal theme. Most of our music will be kind of seasonal for the end of summer, beginning of fall, school, starting up, all that kind of stuff. So we've got uh, school definitely started this week. So a little bit of help here for Saturday school students. Ron Kahoot with the Azbuka Drill. The key to learning any language is to first learn the alphabet. And in Ukrainian, the alphabet is called the Azbuka. And the way we like to learn the alphabet or the Azbuka is to do the Azbuka Drill. So come on, children, test your skill. Let's do the Azbuka drill. Abovo, <laughs> 
To learn to read, the Azbuka is what you need. Shop is not a young chitate, Teba Azbuku Viv Chate. To learn to read the azbuka is what you need. Job is not a yakshatate, treba azbuku vivchate. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ChochenkoFoundation.com. Zelenka, 
Kurdiska Tertia from Ukraine with a traditional Ukrainian folk song about a very popular and common food item in Ukrainian cuisine, Chervonenke Buryachok, the little red beet. And incidentally, this food item is this vegetable, delicious vegetable, forms the base for Ukraine's national soup, borscht. And here is Marika Chabluk of Winnipeg to tell you what it's got to be. Everybody's eating healthy these days with nutritious and organic foods. Well, I'm going to tell you about the best food ever. Everybody's eating everywhere you go. From the Great Wall of China to the Gulf of Mexico. Some eat food hot, some eat it cold. Doesn't really matter if you're young or you're old. Not knocking French fries and pizza's really wild. Sushi really ain't my thing and burgers ain't my style.
some local homegrown talent for you there. That was Vancouver's Slavic Soul, Zelia, and a song from their first CD, Oyupolinevka, In the Cornfield. Up next, uh, more Canadian talent, much more recent. This is Oresha, and it's spelled differently, A-U-R-E-S-I-A, rather than O-R-Y-C-I-A, the traditional spelling. And here she is with the much-beloved contemporary classic, Cervonaruta, The Red Rue. Zvike v tebe ti čare, ja bez tebe sitni, u polani pečali, možem desu lisat, pečar zila šukao, solze rutu znajšao. Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Michael Bochno's additional information about the Ukrainian underground in Zakersonia, 1944 to 1947. Michael Bochno's memoir explores the life of resistance fighters in the Ukrainian underground in Zakersonia during the years 1944-47. to Bochno's motto reveals the central focus of this book. War is a tragedy. But with human spirit, all tragedies have a silver lining. Mine was that I survived to tell the story of our heroes of the Ukrainian resistance, their sacrifices, and their victories. 
Writing in both Ukrainian and English, Bochno gives readers a rare look into life during World War II in Ukraine. His childhood in the village of Radava in Yaroslav County began under Polish rule. As the child of poor farmers, Michael grew up in a strong and loving community. In 1939, Bolsheviks occupied his village, and two years later, the Germans arrived. His education was cut short by these changes, but he managed to get a job as a social services worker for the Ukrainian Aid Committee in the city of Sinawa. In 1944, the Polish communist militia arrested him, along with other young men suspected of being part of the Ukrainian underground. His life as a partisan was spent in the forests. The underground shelters where they lived were dangerous and unhealthy. All those who had to work in underground hideouts suffered ill health for the rest of their lives. There was constant danger, but there was also great heroism. Bochna describes his training and life with the resistance. He made lifelong friends, but many of them did not survive the war. Fleeing Soviet oppression, Bochna traveled through Czechoslovakia to Germany's American sector. After a brief time in prison, he lived in a displaced persons camp. Here he found that the Ukrainian community was alive and well. He enrolled in the Ukrainian Free University and in July 1951 departed Germany for the United States. He first traveled to Cleveland, but later attended Kent State University, where he majored in geography. In 1961, Bochnov traveled to Washington, D.C., where he worked in the Library of Congress Geographical Department, Map Division, until 1992. He moved to Toronto in April 1993. One of the strongest elements of this memoir is the priceless collection of photographs of Bochna's life. It includes photos of his family, his time in the resistance, and his years in the United States and Canada. There are also numerous photographs of leaders and members of Oun and Upa from the Trans-Curzon region. Bochna's story gives readers a sense of what it was like to live in rural Ukraine before and during World War II, to spend time in a Soviet prison, to be part of the Ukrainian resistance, to flee the Soviets, to live in exile in Germany, and to start a new life in the United States and Canada. This memoir is written in both Ukrainian and English. It also includes a lengthy section listing the members of Okva Upa, in Canada and the United States. Bochno gives details about the life of these individuals. The information provided in this memoir is disappearing quickly, as many of the members of this great generation of patriots are no longer with us. The details provided in this book will be useful to readers interested in understanding the Ukrainian resistance and the life of Ukrainian emigrants after the war. Researchers will appreciate the details provided in this book, which are not available elsewhere. Relatives of the individuals listed in this memoir will also appreciate the information provided by Bochna about the lives of their family members. Michael Bochna was born in 1925 in the village of Radawa in the county of Yaroslav, which is now located in Poland. In 1944, he was arrested by the Polish Communist Citizens Militia on suspicion of being a member of the Ukrainian underground. After spending time in prison, he joined the underground resistance from 1946 to 47. He escaped to West Germany and eventually emigrated to Cleveland. After finishing his education, he worked at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., he served as the head of Okwa Upa, the Association of Former Upa Soldiers of the USA and Canada, from 1973 to 2018. Currently, Michael Bochna lives in Toronto, Ontario. His memoir provides the Ukrainian community with a priceless addition to the history of our nation, and it honors the courage and sacrifices of our Ukrainian heroes.
additional information about the Ukrainian underground in Zakersonia, the Transkurzon Territory, 1944-1947, is available from mbochna at pm.me. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver. Saskatchewan group Tuti Tam, which translates, of course, as Here and There, and from their second CD of four that they've released so far, that was a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Tichavoda Kalamutna, Muddy Waters. Coming up next, another Canadian group. This is a group from Toronto. They are called Zubrivka, and from their second CD as well, entitled Vecherinetsi, and that means evening party, and that's something that is common this time of year, well, all year round, I think. <laughs> Here they are now, Zubrivka, with Chorni Ochka, Dark Eyes. Yeah, 
for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Welcome to Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Peter Bager. Let's take a moment to consider dark tourism. The concept is elastic and quite multifaceted, and it has a distinguished historic pedigree. Evidently, there are assertions that Thomas Cook, yes, the Thomas Cook that founded the famous international travel agency, took people to see public hangings in England with some of his very first tour groups in the 19th century. And there is even an academic institute for dark tourism in England that promotes ethical research research into a social scientific understanding of sites of death and disaster, and how these sites have or can become tourist sites, whether appropriate or inappropriate. The world offers so many options for dark tourism. The horrifying, like now visitor throng concentration camps. The easily accessible, like Ground Zero at the 9-11 memorials in Lower Manhattan the far-flung and harder to reach, like the haunting ruins of lovely ancient Armenian churches in the isolated reaches of what is now northeastern Turkey. Reflecting on those ruins also brings up uncomfortable questions on what happened to those people who once worshipped in those churches. Reflecting on those ruins also brings up uncomfortable questions on what happened to those people who once worshipped in those churches. There is also the edgy. People are usually impressed when you've told them you were able to tour the radioactive zone around Chernobyl. Which brings us to the endless supply of dark tourist sites in Eastern Europe, and specifically Ukraine. The first edition of Ruth Ellen Gruber's book, Jewish Heritage Travel, A Guide to Eastern Europe, was published 25 years ago. This was the first, and is still considered the most complete Jewish travel guide to the region. Gruber has tracked Jewish cultural developments in Europe for three decades and writes often on Jewish heritage, revival, and tourism in post-communist Europe. In her 2012 book, Virtually Jewish, Reinventing Jewish Culture in Europe, she used the term, quote, virtually Jewish, unquote, to describe the way so-called, quote, Jewish space, unquote, in Europe is often filled by non-Jews. 
When Gruber began her work back in 1989, almost any visit to a Jewish heritage site could be considered a form of dark tourism. But she has carefully noted the evolution of this tourism and what is happening today. Gruber believes there have been dramatic changes. There are still many neglected ruins. Many sites and experiences remain deeply troubling and tragic. But so much more new information is now available. Scholars, governments, tour guides, and cultural and heritage entrepreneurs have opened up tremendous new travel opportunities. Gruber has been traveling and lecturing in Ukraine, most recently at the Center for Urban History of East Central Europe in Lviv. She spoke on the changes in Jewish heritage travel over the last 25 years. Gruber also visited Jewish heritage sites in more than 10 towns in Lviv to observe conditions and note changes. She coordinates the website www.jewishheritageeurope.eu that recently reported new developments in the town of Brody. In 1939, Jews made up around 10,000 of the 18,000 people who live there. Fewer than 100 are believed to have survived the Holocaust. The historic fortress synagogue in the town, built in the 1740s, was heavily damaged in the Second World War. The ruins have towered over the market square in the center of town for decades. Recently, new signage in Ukrainian and English has been installed at the site to describe the building and explain the important Jewish history of the town. A tourist brochure on Jewish Brody has also been published and can be downloaded. This is all part of a now larger effort to highlight the town's multicultural history, a history previously ignored. These initiatives are part of a project carried out by the NGO Krai, or LAND. They are within the framework of choice, cultural heritage opportunity for improving civic engagement. This is a broader project funded by the European Union and the Association of Local Democracy Agencies of France. But Gruber sees long-term preservation of the ruins as an issue that will have to be eventually considered. Ruth Ellen Gruber's long-term monitoring of Jewish heritage travel in Eastern Europe reveals the complex and often still unresolved issues surrounding memory and appropriate commemoration. And she reminds us that increasingly mainstream travel itineraries will bring visitors to reflect on, as she writes, the dark with the destination. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. From San Francisco, I'm Peter Baker. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
Lenia from Edmonton from their third CD, Bracia, and Little Dancer. Now, Little Dancers grow up to be big dancers, and in the interim, they need boots, all different kinds of sizes of boots. And here is a Calgary group called Jeto to sing all about boots. Show you will show what they show what they did for you. 
couple of old-time dances for you there. That was the Canadian Rhythm Masters with the Autumn Leaves Waltz from their album Hooked on Ukrainian Music. And before them, Peter Picklick with a traditional Ukrainian folk song, folk dance rather, the Chaban. You've been listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files as well as the podcast feed and information about the show. There's also a link to our Patreon site where you can support our work if you like. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And our proverb of the week translates as God helps those who study hard. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program. So one last toe-tapper by Peter Lamb, the polka from Oakburn. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs> this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue of almost 30 years running to continue promoting Ukrainian culture and heritage long after I've retired, which will happen sooner rather than later. Your contribution will help that transition happen, and future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nasholos programming that you currently do. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nasholos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nasholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. 
It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.